0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this.
1: There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander.
2: He's one of those guys. He's like a lunch bell guy. A blue collar pills are coming to work. He's gonna outwork you every single
1: play.
0: Fifteen year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh
3: baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander! All right, hour number 2 of the show on this Thursday morning and you heard the sounder Lorenzo Alexander is here for the lowdown. Zo, what's up, man?
2: I'm good. I'm blessed. You know I'm in, I'm in the building today. Uh doing well. Two more weeks left until I um can officially call myself uh, uh Having my master's degree from GCU, only yeah. really two weeks away from the whole thing. Right, yeah, and then I'll graduate nice. in May, so uh, things are going well. And and flag football in my element. I hear coaching young men or uh, young boys. They're only twelve and, and eight. But I had to I had to catch myself yesterday too. I was doing like a teaching moment, and you know I was talking about yeah, you know you want you don't want to be a great, just a great football player. You want to be great. Young men, I'm like, well, oh, well y'all are boys. You want to be great boys. <laughs> you gotta remember my audience that I'm coaching up here, right? So, but uh, yeah, things are good um, at every level. Wife is doing well, and um, just a great, uh, just a great time. Lord
3: well. Is pardon me, Mister Perfect. <laughs> and you
2: know what? Life is not perfect, right? That's right, brother. But I've learned yeah, how, how to do the right. hard things. Well, right, um, walking with community, walking with people, um, and so even in adversity, I see the silver
3: lining. man, you say, right? It's Roll all
2: about it. it's all about perspective and, yeah. and where you're at in life.
3: Did you just see? Like that sounds like a, an SN, uh, Saturday Night Live bit where Zoe's out there coaching like four year olds and be like, "This is how you're a man," and they're just looking at him with like, "Yeah, yeah, down yeah." That'd face. probably
2: be a good bit because <laughs> that's when I'm out there. I know the parents be looking. I had one lady that was there yesterday. She kept looking over, looking at me. Yeah, I'm coaching. I'm coaching hard, man. I'm. We got structure. We got play. I got expectations, right? <laughs> I'm trying to build these dudes so they're ready. So, and, so when they get to college, or maybe, maybe one can make it to the pros. You're not hearing about, well, I was coached by Lorenzo Alexander. Why are you acting like that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. They, it's going to be a good young man that knows what structure looks like and how to be a pro. They, a, they, they will thank <laughs> you down the line. You know what? <laughs> yep. that, what you're talking
1: about is culture. That's what it is, right? Yeah. This is the, you step inside this bubble. You step inside this paradigm. Yeah. This this is how we are. This right. is who we are.
2: And it's crazy how this works at every level. I actually had a mom reach out to me yesterday, or I saw her when, when we were leaving, and um, her son is our first year plan. I've coached his older brother a little bit. Um, and this was his first time on my team. He's always been the guy. And I've had this happen with another player too, right? But then they come into this structure where they're no longer the guy, but they're getting coached really well, and they don't know how to respond to it. And he, and she said, yeah. I was like, does, does he like being on the team? He was like, well, he was trying to struggle at first. But now that he knows, you know, kind of the system and who he is and what you're doing, he really loves it. Mm. And so I've actually seen a shift in the kid too. But it just shows, you, you know, when you're outside of something coming in, and he's right. doctor adopted it and and he and he's thriving because he understands what I'm trying to do and I'm looking out to him cuz I'm coaching him hard right I have expectations he's one of my floaters he's really gifted athletic but his eyes all over the place man we got to focus baby lock back in and I'm always on him but I think he appreciates it Appreciates Yes. Because he's getting better. He knows my heart and where we're going in, in the confines. And this is for everybody. So he's recognizing, okay, he's treating everybody like this. And we're trying to work in the same direction.
1: That is so cool. Right
2: yeah, so there, it's fun. I, I'm in my element. Like I told you, I can coach every single day of the week. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I'm never going to do professional as of right now. It's just too much time. Yeah. But this is like, it fills my cup. I'll be out there all day with those it's young so men. So
3: cool. Uh, this sounds a lot like, uh, in some ways, Monty Austin Ford's uh, introductory exactly GM. Yeah, just exactly Just a higher level. Well, well, okay, I think I know. But what was your reaction when you heard that, especially the, the talk about having a unified message right. and, and checking the ego for team success?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously like Monty's um, message, uh, obviously where he comes from, who he is and how he's been um, articulating this. Uh, I think I'm going to call him uh Mo, because I we already got a Monty, right? Dude, we gotta figure you, that man. out. <laughs> I gotta call him Mo. And Monty's got his money. He's earned that. He's, He's already money, yeah. Our new Monty is new to the valley, so he has to, you know, Mo. We're gonna yeah, call no, him no, Mo. No, Mo. No, Mon <laughs> Montai. <laughs> too Monty, with yeah, an eye or Monty. Right. Monti. So his structure, his vision, right, I think the He's learned what it, he wants it to look like and he's able to articulate that. He's identified people that he thinks is going to be able to carry that out as far as coaching and that's why they're interviewing certain guys. Um, the hard part now is, right, is getting ultimately 53 men and the 10 practice squad guys to buy into that vision. Right. By you identifying young men that are going to be receptive to that and then also communicating that to people who are not accustomed to this new culture to make that shift and pivot. To, to in order to buy in, uh, in order to carry it out. And, and, you know, much like Sean McDermott and what I experienced there, uh, having some leadership that's going to help him do that, right, coaches that are going to help articulate that, um, and then creating an accountability for everyone in the building, business side and football side, these are our expectations. This is who we are as an organization, and this is how we are going to be successful. And so the same thing that you expect from your quarterback, right, as far as being all in, locked in, doing his thing, being intentional to detail. I want my person that's selling my tickets to be doing the same thing. Buying in, hitting all your leads up, right? Uh, Understanding the market. How do I, how do I grow my side harder? How do I become more impactful? And and, cause he's a gem. So he's worried about the whole structure Mm -hmm. of the organization. And so when you're able to do that and create a, um, an organization that embodies it at every level, um, which it sounds like that's what he wants to do. Be on the same page. That's business and football. Um, that, is uh, encouraging. Now yep. the hard part is implementing it and doing it, and, it. And yes. Doing it yeah. right?
1: Yes, I, I think of Monty Austin Ford, and I think of 15 years with the New England Patriots and three with the Tennessee Titans, not knowing anything else. I don't know the man right. personally. Not knowing anything else. What are the some of the, the things you think of when you think of the
2: Patriots <laughs> for 15 years and the Titans for three? Well, I know he's, he's going to be detailed, right? You know, when you think about... Obviously, tough and physical with both those football teams, but like detail when you think about Bill Belichick and the amount of film and understanding and understanding what his opponents like to do, understanding themselves, right? They were, they never beat themselves. They forced you to beat them because they were so buttoned up and detailed about their doing their job, right? And so I know that's going to be at the highest point of his priority list. Because if you do your job well at a high level and minimize mistakes, right, which is impossible to be perfect, right, You put that's additional pressure you put on the other team and in, in, or other organizations, right, in, in a world where it's hard to win. It's hard to separate yourself and take that next level. But you're playing against somebody that, man, they not even making any mistakes. Man, that's additional pressure pressure so that's the first thing I think about is being detail oriented making sure everybody knows their roles right I think that one thing Bill Belichick did a great job of when he was there is like people knew what their role was Matthew Slater knew he he was a wide receiver but he knew he was a special teams demon right all those guys throughout those years understood who they were within the context of the New England Patriots being detailed in that way and I think that will probably be one of the biggest things you know what is my role how do you see me how I'm going to be used, because then I can, I can operate at a, at a very high level because there's clarity.
3: Yeah, that's such a big thing, too, just in general, but coming off this past season where you think, like, if, if the Cardinals just don't beat themselves or, or do some of the other team's job for them... How different does this season work? Not like they were gonna, you know, go on some run this year, but this year's the the heightened example of it If you don't need to do the other team's job for them, right? You don't need Correct. to beat yourself yeah. while you're out there which, on the which field. Which has been
2: an issue the it last couple been. of years, I right? when you think about penalties and a lack of execution. Is, and so yeah. it makes a hard job harder. Yeah.
3: Right. <laughs> For no reason. Uh, the countdown to Super Bowl 57 has begun, and Bud Light, FanDuel, and Arizona sports want you to be there in person, so text SUPER, Six Twenty Six Twenty. Register and listen for your name. Starting February 6th, you can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events, FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl experience. So again... Text SUPER to 620-620. It's all access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. When we come back, what does Zoe think is the best fit to be the Cardinals' next head coach? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports. (gasps)
2: I've never
0: seen nothing like this. Lorenzo Alexander, 15-year NFL veteran. And he is going to get sacked. Lorenzo Alexander, the former Cardinal. The Lowdown with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup.
3: All right, well, there's there's plenty of news flying around the National Football League. There's the report out there we didn't even get to earlier that the... Uh, cardinals had offered ian cunningham jake laser had tweeted this out that they had offered ian cunningham uh but turned it down so i don't know <laughs> i oh. guess we'll get more on that there's a story up on ArizonaSports.com about that right now that, that he was originally their gm i guess that they offered according to jake laser who doesn't tend to make stuff up but there's also a lot of vagueness in that tweet the exact wording was heard cunningham was offered arizona but turned it down so, and yeah. that was in response to something Albert Beer tweeted about the Titans. Right.
1: and that wasn't in regard to an interview request that was we don't know yeah, we think the job,
2: which i I mean is is fine, every fit is not good for everybody right and so maybe the whatever the circumstances as the way he saw it he didn't feel like he was he wanted to walk in that space So I don't think it's a a bad thing I think he, he may just be aware of who he is and I don't want to deal with those issues where someone else in Monty or Mo is, is that guy that I hey I can do this I feel like I can walk in this space because the last thing you ever want is a GM just to take a job or a coach to take a job because they feel like they have to even though they really don't know that they're prepared to, right? And you don't want to end up in that situation. So I don't think it's a bad thing that a guy turns down a job. He just didn't feel like it was a good fit. And if it's not a good fit, he wasn't going to do, do well in it.
0: Arizona Sports. Cardinals head coaching search update. 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 All right. So we already got
3: uh, the the news that Aaron Glenn is going to get an interview with the Arizona Cardinals, and it sounds like the D'Amico Ryan's uh, interview is set now for at some point this week. At least that's the plan. Is they're going to have the interview some point this week. So uh, according to Tom Pelissero, expected interview with the Cardinals and Colts this week. So there you go. So now we've got we've got by my count seven names. Am I forgetting anybody? I think we have seven names. If you're counting Sean Payton, which I I feel like I need to kind of almost cross out at this point. But (laughs) we'll get into that. Uh, But, Zoe, if you set Sean Payton aside for a second, you've got six names. And five of them are defensive minds, which I I can't think is by accident.
2: No, I mean, they want to be a a tough, physical team. And typically that's associated with defensive-minded Coaches, right? Offense is more cerebral, I'm a out smart you type finesse type finesse, especially in the game the day and age of offenses, right? Spreading yeah. you out, right? You don't really have like Power scheme guys coming in here like we just gonna hit you in the mouth. Um, so it's either gonna be a special teams coach or a defensive coach that's gonna bring that <laughs> mindset that you need, right? A little craziness to the game to embark on um, these young men. And so I, I, I like when I hear D'Amico Ryan's right. I'm, I'm okay with a, a first year guy being in there. Um, think about Sean McDermott, right? Think about guys that you've been connected to that have done it at a high level. So you've you've been a part of a system and you see how it's done, right? Right. I obviously he will have a couple of other things logistically that he has to overcome becoming the guy. I think a lot of guys it becomes like a you have to learn how to let go a little bit, but when it's your first time you want it to go so well you almost grip it, right? And can I can I learn to let loose and and trust the people that I hire and and allow them to do their jobs at a right at at the Allow them to do their job and give them their space, too, yeah. right? And then leadership role, there's a little give and take going back in there. That. So that's the only reservation that I would have for any young coach or first-time coach. How do they, how do they plan to navigate that? Are they even thinking about that? Um, have they talked to other guys and learned from it? So has D'Amico Ryan ever reached out to Brian Flores, right? Hey, what did you learn, bro, right, When you, your first time? And, and what are some of the things that you've learned in that process? I would want to know that. Hey, you know, I know you want to be a head coach. you got the aspirations. Who have you talked to and what are some of the best advice that you get gotten out of that, right? Give me two things and see what, where that leads. Obviously, I like Myron Flores. I've been around him um, in small sample sizes. I have a lot of guys that played for him. They have a lot of respect for him. Um, i see, like that means him. a lot to me. He, yeah, yeah, yes. from you, Zola. That yeah. means a lot to me, man. I, and and, and and I'm a and like you said, I like I like some of that old school feel, yeah, right? I, I right. want some of that. It I seems wa- like
3: they want that right now, yeah, too.
2: But the players gotta want it too, right? I, but from that point, I want to be coached like that. And, and I'm speaking as a player right now, and not necessarily like who I would want to hire. I want someone that's going to come in, set the standard, be that voice, because I know how important it is to have a strong voice from your head coach. Because I've been on some some teams that have weak. Voiced head coaches and those teams are all over the place right because everybody feels like oh i must because you didn't want a whole bunch of type a so if you're not gonna check me and it's from coaching and players i'm gonna do it my own way right and that's why i say it has to be some of that balance when you're a head coach like i don't want to micromanage you but i'm not gonna let you just do whatever you want to do coach and player right I have the structure I have the vision and you need to buy into that and so I like I think Brian has been in this space and I think he knows how to manage it even probably a little bit better this time around and I, and I know there's like three or four other guys who I like um, Glenn her great like I remember talking her about Glenn. the Detroit Lions and I didn't mention his name and I was doing an interview with another player mm-hmm. and they brought his name up because they were very familiar with him oh, wow, and good. they just raving reviews right yeah. and, and he heard that clip earlier. Um, the only feedback I would have gave him in that, instead of saying player, I would have said men, because I think men allows you to be great even when you're not in the building. But that overall f- essence that you heard when he was t- talking to those players, that's that's the type of leader you want. That's the type of guy that you want leading your football team.
1: So do you believe still the head coach has got to be basically the alpha in the room? Do, is, that, is that something that you still believe in? I, I do. It's just the, the old school that is right. in me right now. Yeah. He's got to have that kind of regard and that kind of respect, and I also
2: believe the defense. Okay, go ahead. Answer. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with you. I don't know if it. Ha- I think it be. It can look different ways, it, right? It, absolutely. Right. So absolutely. I think when people think alpha, you yes. think I'm a yeller, screamer. Dan I'm going to be on Dan Campbell, right? <laughs> but I think obviously Bill is not a yeller, screamer. No. I think a guy like Leslie Frazier, like a Monty Williams more type, you know, can also manage a room. It's going to look and feel different. Yes. But he's going to be the alpha. So. Yes. I, I, I definitely okay. agree
1: with you, though. Okay, I also do believe that all these defensive coordinators, that these defensive interviews that are out there for the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals, I think I think the organization wants separation for that head coach and Kyler Murray as opposed to the peer coach that is working with them on a daily basis.
2: That, that makes sense because when, you, when you're really tight, and I experienced this, Even for myself, right? When you're working really tight with someone, this and this is why sometimes GMs are a little bit more distant from players than their coaches because they have to cut you. Yeah. Right? And so that same thing. If I'm a head coach and I'm constantly working with this guy and I actually get to really know him and understand some of his struggles and how he comes up and what he's really thinking and feeling, right? I can become biased in a way to where I become, and I mean, sensitive to it but overly sensitive so, and so maybe that you know I, maybe I'm not saying like that you're wrong empathizing you're empathizing it, yeah. right and so that impacts your decision on yeah. how you coaching where he may need a stronger voice to help him walk through that in transition where the way you may do it because you're a little bit more empathetic to where he's at it's, it doesn't come across as more of a friendship than a coach playership type of, uh, of, of of relationship you know what I mean so that it, that does that definitely does matter because you want somebody that's going to come in there and be a little bit more authoritative, more. Uh, I expect not necessarily. Oh, okay, Kyler, I understand what's going on with you today, but this is how we want. No, Kyler, we 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 expect this yes. from you, right? And sometimes a relationship can impact that the way you deliver a message that he, the player may need, but you're unable to give it because you're his boy, and, yeah. and you know, for lack of better uh, phrases.
1: Defensive guys will give a little separation. I think if in fact that's what they settle on, where they hire one of these defensive guys. It gives him a little separation from Kyler Murray, and I think you need that. I'm the head coach; you're the quarterback. Yeah, never forget that. I'm the head guy. You have to have. You can that. go talk to the offensive Order, coordinator if you have a problem right now. Yeah. Discipline.
3: Have to have it. You like Brian Flores though, though, because that that seems like of the guys we've heard, the guy with the most upside. If you're setting Sean right. Payton aside, but yes. also the guy that like you think that relationship with Kyler would be okay. That those two wouldn't just hate each other three weeks in. I mean, I know there's no way to know. Yeah,
2: there's <laughs> no way to know that. And, it, and for me, I, I think it's all about how Kyler approaches the situation. Right, whether or not there's going to be tension or not, whoever they bring in, yeah, that's true. right. It could be any coach. You right? Are you going to continue to have the same habits and approach the game the similar way, or are you in a position now where you you feel like you need to make a shift? Right? Because we can talk about bringing the, the best of the best of all time. Right? If the player is going to be reluctant and and resistant to what you're trying to give him and he doesn't want to buy in, I don't care. I don't care what coach you bring in. Bring the greatest coach ever. A good point. Right? And so a lot of it, as much as we're talking about the coach there's a a significant amount of accountability from the player as well and that's all players that's going to be in that locker room um am i going to participate in this new vision and am i going to live up to the standards that i need to do that they're laying out for me in order for this football team to be successful
3: coming up next we'll get lorenzo alexander's thoughts on the nfl playoffs buffalo getting past uh, miami sets up a pretty good matchup this weekend actually Three really good, maybe even a fourth good one this weekend. We'll get into those next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local
0: sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this
1: there is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander.
2: He's one of those guys. He's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar pills are coming to work. He's gonna outwork you
0: every single play. Fifteen year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander! We are two
3: days away from the start of the divisional round in the NFL playoffs. We're down to eight teams. We got four games that I think, I think we'd all agree on paper. Two of them look potentially great. I think that Giants-Eagles game could potentially be great. And Jaguars-Chiefs might... Might be a better game than we are uh, all anticipating, but so I, I, we got to start with what happened last week, and I'm going to start in Buffalo. <laughs> that was not a game I thought was going to be good, and it ended up being really good. Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I told you it, it always comes down to turnovers. Um, you know, I think Josh Moody had two or three picks or two or three turnovers, right? I mean, they any fumble, too, yeah. Anytime that occurs in a game, I mean, that's the ultimate equalizer, taking points off the board, giving the other opportunity to the to the offense and momentum, and the game stays close and the the more the game goes along, you start believing it's also a division game. So some of that mystique, and to, your, to your same point of when you look at the Eagles-Giants game, some of that mystique of who this team is is gone. I've seen you twice, right? Yeah. I can compete with you. Um, you're in our division, and so and coaches know each other a lot more, you know schemes, you know tendencies, so it really becomes about matchups um, and can you win those matchups and obviously last week throwing those interceptions kept that game kept that game really close. What was your favorite game though of the weekend uh, my favorite game yes last week uh shoot, who do we uh, probably the the bills versus the Falcons. Flag game, AU. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> i was talking about the playoffs, yeah, if you really, If you really want to know who my favorite game
1: <laughs> Bro, was. I actually, moment I actually. He thought man. about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I was about? like, wait a minute. Those are yeah. always right yeah. oh, I now. Mean, maybe the Falcons yeah. stuck in there. Yeah. They keep yeah. expanding Bills, the playoffs. The Falcons
2: AU flag <laughs> playoffs, baby. Miles okay, Alexander, was... quarterback, QB1, okay. out there wow, okay. balling.
1: There you go. He <laughs> <laughs> wow. oh, yeah. won the game. Is that what yeah,
2: the, the kids did all They took the coaching well and performed. Um, (laughs) My favorite game... You know what? I, I really like Jacksonville in the and sense of watching Trevor Lawrence just battle back. I mean, when you see a guy throw four, four picks in their Stop first it. game and down by that much, it was a great teaching moment for all my kids. Right? You got to continue to play the game whether you up or down. But to see his resolve, his confidence, because I kept looking at him like, is he his body language? What are he gonna look like? Man, he man, he still looked like he's still kind of locked in, yeah. you know. Um, and, and and guys stood up right. Obviously they had to make some plays in the second half, but watching Chris. Christian Kirk, I know Zay Jones really well. He was a Buffalo Bill when he was a rookie. So I got to spend some time with him and and just to see those guys overcome so much adversity within that context of the game. Um, at home in front of their fans, whenever I'm pretty some, sure some people left at halftime was was really cool to see.
3: We were talking to Max yesterday because that was the game he was working. Oh, okay, and he was saying on the sidelines basically what you just said. Jacksonville was down; they had turned the ball over what four or five times, and they didn't look rattled at all. They were like loose, like they were going to come back and win it, which just makes you look crazy until you actually come <laughs> yeah, back and win it. Right.
1: Yeah, how uh, do the Chargers? You're you're Brandon Staley right now, and you're a Chargers fan out there. You are plus five in the turnover count. And lost the game.
2: But, yeah, not have you ever heard that? Yeah, no, I mean, lost that's five. That's the 1%, right? It's probably 99% of the time you win that game. That's probably the 1%, right? And that, I mean, it, it sucks. Uh, you got to go home with that knowing you're up by that much and let a game go. Oh. Um well, you only ran the ball six times in the yeah, second half. which... Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't I, understand I, why you would do that, thank right? You, thank you. Why aren't you taking time off the clock? Why aren't you playing a smart At game? Still and still staying right, still staying uh, aggressive in that sense, right? You know, um, and play actioning, but off of that, easy passes, staying in bounds, right? Those little short passes become like a run game off of that. Uh, it, it, sometimes you get caught up in the moment. I don't. I, I really. I really don't know. When you look back, it's like, dang, I was caught up in the moment. And the same thing that happens to players when you relax. Sometimes as a coach, you don't adjust to what is going on to you at that time um and maybe that you know you just get caught in. but this is our game plan I' am gonna stick with it versus okay we're about 27 let me switch to more of and which which is shocking for him because he's an analytical guy yeah. right so you know up i don't in the know booth, what the math tells you booth. let's take let's take time off this clock I and limit their it. positions right when
1: so you I think of the Dallas Cowboys they had an 18 point lead at halftime they ran the ball six times in the first ten plays right yeah <laughs> (laughs) Yeah. They came out and said, hey, man. And they weren't running the ball very well in the first half either. It
2: just, look, you. You eat just, the clock up, you muddy the game up. It, it just takes, yeah. It just, it's just smart football. You take possessions off on the back end of it versus trying to save for it. So yeah, again, hopefully that's a learning experience for him. You yeah, know, he, stuff he's learned. fortunate enough. Yeah, it is, but that most of the most of the best lessons in life are very hard to yeah. learn from. Right, yeah. that's where you have the most growth, or could have the most growth. Um, now, if he recognizes <laughs> that or not, or is he stubborn <laughs> in his ways? Because coaches are just as stubborn as some of our players. Yeah. Um, and what I, would I. I do something differently when I'm in that situation again and hopefully he says yeah I should have ran the ball more I know he had like a weird interview and really didn't say I should have ran the ball more so I don't know how much he is going to be humble in the situation and say hey I probably should have switched up a little bit more
3: it, it almost seemed like to to avoid getting too passive he got like hyper aggressive it didn't even seem like they stuck to what they were doing right. in the first half and then the fact that with the touchdown the the drives in the second half for Jacksonville were touchdown 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 two point conversion of field. And I know no, he's a defensive
2: either. guy by nature, right? But, again, this is a time when you see your coordinators doing something, right, as a defensive guy, like, dang, why they should be running the ball from a, I expect to know if I'm a defensive guy, I'm expecting them, why are we not running the ball? That's when you call in. You, That's the time to micromanage. Hey, what are we doing up there, guys? I know we worked on something, but let's run the ball. You want your coach, your head coach, to have that resolve right. in the moment, the awareness in the moment to be able to do those type of things. So, you know, moving forward, hopefully it's a learning lesson for him and, and, he, and he can make the – that
1: shift. Yeah, the Trevor Lawrence thing was my favorite as well. Yeah, because honestly, it seemed like he just turned a quarter. Four picks. Yeah, four, you could see it on his face—the look of disbelief—and the fact you've got to face your teammates in that situation. Right. As yeah, well. and yet he kept on. Yeah, he kept on. Man, that says an awful lot about Trevor Lawrence.
3: What are you becoming, dude? Uh, real quick before we hit the break here, though, Bills Bengals this weekend. It's uh, pretty. big. That's
2: gonna be a big game. Where's the, uh, the confidence
3: level there too? Because Cincinnati, we got the Joe Burrow quote where he's just like, "I never feel like an underdog," and he probably shouldn't. But those, yeah, are, those I are mean, two Super Bowl. Contenders. That's
2: his swag, man. I mean, this, he didn't say nothing out of pocket. I expect him to say he, he, every every time he wherever he goes, based on what he does, for him to say that. Um, and it's up to that defense to go out there and show him something different. Um, they got the dog to get after him when you think about all the pass rushers that they have on that on that front line obviously mine is Von, Von Miller which makes it a completely different scenario but Greg Russo AJ Espinosa you got um, Oliver you got Jordan Phillips um, and um, you got Bat, Boogie Basham I mean there's four or five guys collectively where they can make it a long day for uh, Joe Burrow now when you met when you're playing against Burrow you just got to make sure you make it all four quarters You can, cause I, we've seen them all take shots mm-hmm. shots shots and unlike Tom Brady and some of these other quarterbacks, he that he doesn't shy away from it. Right, he he kind of thrives in it and, and all, sometimes finds his way to to keep the game close and, and win those games. So that's something that they're gonna have to be on all day, and then hopefully you know get some picks on the back end uh, when they get some of these hits and take advantage of it.
3: Those games on Sunday with uh, with Bills, Bengals, and then Cowboys, Niners. I mean, right. like I said, all four. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Be good,
2: especially when you think about Demar getting hurt when they played that game too. Yeah. So the emotions that are gonna be tied to it. um you know, on top of that, so it's it's, it's going to be a crazy game in Buffalo.
3: Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now, like this text from the 480. He says, the uh, the Patriot way is to trade down for more picks, so I wouldn't be surprised, and we'll get into that next. What should the Cardinals do with that third overall pick? Monty Austin Ford hinted he's not afraid to move it. The lowdown continues. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the
0: local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Here we go, folks 15-year NFL veteran, Lorenzo Alexander, joins Wolf and Luke. A guy who epitomizes class, integrity, and is a true gentleman. The Lowdown, brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup.
3: All right, Lorenzo Alexander is with us here for one more segment. It is the Lowdown. It's Wolf and Luke, and I'm going to play this clip of Monty Austin Fort from his press conference earlier this week because this is the one part of that press conference, Wolf. We really we dissected a lot of it. We didn't get to get to this, and this is something we would have got to right away if there wasn't so much other stuff going on this week, but this is what he said when he was asked about his approach to having that third overall pick. Well, it's an exciting I, don't, I hope we don't pick third overall again. That's
2: for one. Um, the benefit is that we're going to be ready to pick a premium player that's going to be able to come in here and have an impact on our team. That's the benefit. The other benefit is uh, there, there could be calls on that pick, and
1: we're going to operate at every step along the way. We're going to do what's best for the team. And so if
2: we get a chance to drop back and pick up additional picks that will help build the team, we're going to entertain that but we're in a we're in a great position and i would say the same for the the every pick of that round there's going to be there's going to be action that the phone rings in the draft the phone will ring and we'll be, we'll be ready to take a good player and we'll be ready to listen
0: to offers too so we're we're in a great position with that pick all
3: right so I- Full disclosure here, unless Will Anderson and Jalen Carter are the first two picks off the board, and they won't be because they're not quarterbacks, it's going to be really tough to see the Cardinals trade out of a pick where they could take one of those two guys. Right. But that's Monty Austin Ford comes from a background in New England where they like to trade down and gather more picks. And we're seeing teams have a lot of success right now because they have stockpiled picks like Philadelphia.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I think you have to take... a. Um, a really closely look at when you're evaluating the talent, because when you have guys um, that come into this league like a like an Aaron Donald, right? Um, and if the, if you think one of those guys have that type of ceiling, um, maybe there's some other guys. Where I, I don't really I, <clears throat> I didn't or uh, uh, really study the drafts as far as who's coming out. Uh, you know, looking at guys once they get in there. But if you feel like a guy can be a generational type player, I don't know if you can afford to to trade, trade back, picks, right? Because yeah. those guys. They help you in more than just on the foot on the football field, right? Aaron Donald is a is a is obviously a generational football player, but it's when you think about who he is as a man, right, the culture that he helps establish that you want to embody in this organization, he's going to carry the water in that way, right? Like a Buddha Baker, so you would add another guy like that. If there's nobody like that in your heart when you look at it, that's jumping off at you, that is that type of player, then of course you want to s- trade back, you know, wherever that may be, seven, eight. Five, wherever that may be for you as far as the value that you get and back and then add, right? Because the more picks you get, more bites to apple, the obviously the more opportunity you have to finding one of those guys or maybe adding a couple of those guys into your system. Um, and so that's going to be the decision that the GM has to make, right? You know, Who was that guy, or do we want to get a couple of guys that fit that bill? And I can't remember what team I was on. Maybe it was the Josh Allen pick. I think we had a high pick, traded back, and we got Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds, right? So we got two guys, well. right? <laughs> that were um, maybe not Aaron Donald, General, well, Josh Allen was, is, but defensively speaking, but they were really high character guys, great people, played played the position at a very high level, and and they also embodied the culture that Sean McDermott and Brandon being one to set too. So um, when you look at that, they got a you know two for one in that sense, and that helped expedite that transition because now instead of just one guy, you got two guys speaking the same language to the other guys, and and they're on the opposite sides of the ball. And so maybe you do take that type of approach if you can identify you know a Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds that is a little bit later in the round. For me, trading
1: down in the draft is so Bill Belichick. It really is. Oh yeah, it, 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 it's who he is for the most part because he's not trying to get the most talented guy. He's right. not trying to find the, yeah, you know, yeah. the athletic freak. He's not, right. he's not. He's trying to find a football player that is going to be good and that is going to help you win games. Not the most talented guy you could possibly get, but a guy who's got enough talent to be good yeah. in the league without a shadow of a doubt. He's got to be smart, he's got to be tough, and he's got to be disciplined. Yep. You have to demand <laughs> yep. all those things. Yeah. And he will not draft a guy high in the first round and bring him into the organization unless he is smart, tough, disciplined. Then he'll look at your talent. Right. So why not trade down and actually get players in the second round maybe, third right. round, who don't have that extreme talent, that first round talent. But man, they're good enough to
2: play. They're good enough to play in the league. Oh yeah, and when those guys go- you drafted? and those go- I was undrafted, uh-huh. right? Then you, then you then you maximize that with that type of you, character. It'll be interesting to look at a study with Bill, and obviously I didn't do this, but would it would it the last three years look like for him? Because he's probably picked significantly higher, I would imagine. I know yeah. he made the playoffs one of those years, so maybe not. But historically, when it was in New England, he always had thirty one, you know,
3: thirty two. Yeah, 32, right. right. Yeah. He's right? never so, picking top ten. Right, yeah. so it's
2: a different type of. Um, you know, um, I don't say anxiety, but feeling around, ooh, do I trade this this top two or three pick because his talent is different? I know he is who he is, but it's a different, still different when you're faced with it versus 30, 31, 32 versus now. Like, what would he do? The
1: higher pick up, I think, the more he's missed. <laughs>
2: yeah, everybody's hard. Yeah,
1: uh, the, uh, the higher the pick, I think, the more he's missed. When you look at the roster and how it's built, and constructed. There's a lot of third and fourth round picks and and fifth
2: round picks. Yeah, and to that, I think because those guys lead with their talent and their character is a little bit, and I'm not saying they're not good dudes, but that's not their strength sometimes right? it's not prioritized by by the way they came up if they're there right some of these lower draft picks at some point may have faced and I'm just generalizing faced a little bit more adversity right they've had to depend on their work ethic and their discipline and how do I understand the game in order to be a second rounder or a fourth, fifth rounder right in order because their talent isn't up there and so they had to embody exactly what Bill Belichick is looking for their essentially their entire football life and so it's easier to a little bit identify those guys and figure those guys out versus that top end when it's uber talented. But dang, what is that? What has he sacrificed or what has been sacrificed because he has been uber talented as far as his developmental process and you, and as a person and in so character?
1: You've been in the locker room. You know as well, the more talented you are, the more freakish you may be. A lot of times, there's a little chink in the armor, you know, yeah, because yeah, you yeah. are so talented right. and you've you've never had to really work yeah. hard at You just are better than everybody else. And right.
2: sometimes that can mess you up in the head. Yeah, yeah, especially when you hit, hit adversity for the first time. And I'll say this, though, the guys that have been off the spectrum, over talented but, ha- but are locked in. Hall of
3: Famers, yeah, those
2: those who become your Hall of Famers for yes. the most part. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you just got it's hard to identify those guys when you're picking that high.
3: Mm-hmm. We had uh, Anquan Bolden on yesterday. And yeah. Actually asked him something like that of you know if you have it, it, you have money. Austin for talking about how we don't want egos, we want team guys. This this was his uh, answer on how easy it is to identify that sort of character guy you're talking about.
1: Yeah, if you're in the locker room with him, you can identify those guys quickly. Yeah. I think the problem that you have it's like when you're looking in a draft or you're looking at free agency you don't have enough time to spend on those guys to
2: truly find out who they are as players yeah you can watch film you can you can ask questions um, uh, from coaches that they played for teams that
1: they played on but it isn't until you really get into a locker room with a guy that you know that he's a team first guy or if he's just all about himself.
3: So, I mean, that's going to be a challenge for any GM, but for Austin Ford coming in here with his his new scouting staff and putting everything together quickly. I mean, the draft's in basically three months. Yeah,
2: because it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the separation of coaches, right? If I have a college coach or I'm trying to find somebody on campus to really tell me who this young man is, they're not going to be the one to stop this man from getting drafted high, right? So I'm going to tell you what I need enough to tell you about him so you still draft him high because I'm empathetic to maybe some of the things that he has gone through. And so that's what makes the problem process really hard also i'm not i want my guys to get drafted high as a coach a college coach So i'm gonna tell you all the great things all the great things and so you don't get to see who this guy is 24 7 right when he's calling the player director guy about an issue that he's having you know at Eleven o'clock at night, right? Yeah. You don't you don't really hear yeah. those stories or get to experience that who that guy is because nobody really wants to tell you to kind of prevent him from achieving ultimately his dream and also to kind of paint themselves in their in their program in a good position as I far think as it's, recruiting.
1: It's much easier to collect information on an NFL player than it is a college player. Oh yeah, I think it's much more right. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. The I would say that the NFL, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I think it's much easier to collect information on an NFL player than a college kid coming
3: out. So, great stuff as always, man. I right, appreciate what, you. What's going to happen one day you come in here if I don't say great stuff as always? going to like throw off the entire No, I, I'm You're not. not gonna yeah,
2: hey, You know, I don't work for man, you know, so you can give me good or great, Damn man. I, I know who I'm working for over here, baby, Damn you know. My man's going to throw my <laughs> week off. Maybe.
3: <laughs> good stuff, man. All Thank right. you.